Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Join me today. She's a pop country recording artist, songwriter, and the creator of the Diva Music Group. It's Ashley Amber. How are you doing today, Ashley? Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing very well. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me today. We're so excited to have you on the show <laughs> to talk about your Rise to the Challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Um, well, I'm from Thornton, Colorado, which is just outside of Denver, and I kind of had a very eclectic childhood, I guess a mix of everything. Uh, I, I grew up playing lots of sports. I played volleyball, basketball, soccer, softball. We were very, very much a sports family. Um, we listened to a wide range of music because uh, my dad and mom liked a lot of soul and um, a lot of those old school, like Earth, Wood and Fire and like the Isley Brothers, that kind of vibe. And then um, my older brother liked a lot of hip hop and my sister listened to a lot of R&B, pop and country. So like I, I was very eclectic in music and um, I did choir. I mean, I was a choir geek. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I even went to all state choir, like all the things. <laughs> so um, that was kind of my life and um, music really, you know, kind of took uh, main focus in my life right about when I was in middle school, but in high school, I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. So it's it's definitely been my direction for a long time. And even since then, that direction has been, again, very, very eclectic. <laughs> I don't have the traditional background. <laughs> was your family always looking at things that everyone in the family can get along together with or utilize together? Like you talked about being a sports family, music, even though each family member had a different sport or maybe a different music tr- topic. It was a way to get everyone together and bond over something. Absolutely. Um, Soccer was a really big thing in our household. And um, all four of us played it um, competitively. Uh, um, Three of the four of us played it in high school. Um, So like I I started playing soccer when I was four. So as a family, like everybody would come to like my games. And then of course, like being, you know, the baby, my twin (laughs) brother and I, we were the babies. So we would always have to go to like my older brother and my older sister's soccer games. And then we did this huge thing every year, 3v3, which is three on three soccer tournaments, which is a blast if anybody out there plays soccer and has never been in a 3v3 soccer tournament. I definitely recommend that. And we actually used to travel all over um, all over the U.S. Um, to, to play that. So we would travel, we would go to nationals and, and um, you know, regionals and then nationals. So we've been to Disney World and, you know, all over, you know, other states like Wyoming and all that stuff too play soccer as well. So yeah, we were definitely active in that. And we definitely did that as a family. What is something that sports taught you about yourself? That I am very competitive. (laughs) (laughs) Extremely competitive. I think that's where I get my competitive nature from. Um, But sports also told uh, taught me that I do like, um, like structure. And I do like, you know, like discipline, even though sometimes I can be that I was definitely that kid that was like, don't tell me what to do. But at the same time, I was like, tell me what to do. (laughs) So um, yeah, that's kind of what I learned the most, but I would, I would probably say, I guess the biggest is definitely my competitive nature. I'm very competitive. I think a lot of kids can relate to having that discipline style or saying, oh, don't tell me what to do. But we kind of in our minds want to be told what we're due because it's like, oh, I can get away with that. But then it's like, no, I don't want to get away with it. I don't want to get in trouble in that kind. But I think as we get older, we kind of look back at those times where we're like, 
I'm glad it happened that way because it's taught me something in the real world or being on our by ourselves that you kind of have to have that structure in a way. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So um, it's definitely something that I loved. And that's why I continue to, even though I loved music, I continued to play sports all the way through um, until I graduated high school. You talked about how sports and music played a big role in your life. Did you have any inspirations in the music world that you kind of were like, I idolize these people or these artists. And if I went in that direction, I want to kind of follow in those footsteps or were you trying to create something on your own? Um, I mean, I think naturally as artists and as, as, you know, especially as kids, there's always, you know, one or two people that we idolize and like, oh my gosh, she's amazing or he's amazing. And and we want to follow in those footsteps. So I would say early on that my, one of my biggest influences, which has nothing to do with country, but definitely more on the pop side, um, which is Whitney Houston. I think for a lot of girls who look like me and just a lot of girls in general, like anybody who just sang like Whitney which is, I mean, arguably the greatest singer of all time. I mean, it just depends on who you ask. (laughs) Don't worry, guys. There's other amazing singers out there too, but (laughs) um, she's definitely one of them that um, is mentioned quite often. And so I think for somebody like me um, in the area that I grew up in, I grew up in the suburbs. So we were the only black family. So when I discovered Whitney, I was like, wait a second, what? I was like, we can be pop icons too. Like this is amazing. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so she's definitely somebody who I idolize. And then of course, the older you get, you get, um, you get introduced to so many different styles of music again, and you also get to, you kind of research the artists that you, you know, you idolize and you get to learn more about them and you get to find out things behind the scenes. So like now, um, obviously I I love Whitney and what she did, but as far as like business wise now, like. I, I'm really inspired by artists like Taylor Swift and Beyonce and, um, you know, Dolly Parton. And, uh, you know, even, I mean, there's so many, but those women are not only incredible performers and singers and like songwriters, but they're also incredible business women. Mm-hmm. And I definitely love the business side of, of this thing we call show, showbiz. And, um, I love it just as much as, you know, being in the front and singing and writing and all that stuff. I love what happens on the back end, how all these things have to come to play in order for artists to even be successful, like on radio and and things like that. So I love that you talked about the business side, because all those people that you mentioned, they're building a brand with just their name and like what they view and they value and that that's how they're really connecting with their audience and their fan base is because of their brand identity and they're doing such an amazing job with that and it's just awesome that they're kind of introducing and inspiring so many up-and-coming artists that this is this is something that you can do besides music but you can also build in other areas exactly and I think that's so important because you know, the, again, the music business is a, is a very hard industry to be successful in and just being a singer alone or just recordings alone, it, it, it isn't enough anymore because there's so many pieces to the pie and the industry is quite saturated with so mm-hmm. much incredible talent. I mean, I think there's a statistic, like there's 40,000 new songs a day that are uploaded to Spotify. Um, there's just like so much music <laughs> out there. So you have to be smart and you have to learn to diversify and to generate multiple streams of income within your brand. So your brand can't just be like, Hey, I'm a singer. Mm-hmm. Your brand has to be like, Hey, I'm a singer. I'm an actress. I'm a model. 
I have my own clothing line or, you know, I started a foundation or, you know, there's so many other things on the back end that you can be involved in. And it's not just that. It's also like holding on to your intellectual properties. That's one of the reasons why I like Taylor Swift so much because she's a really big advocate for artists retaining their intellectual properties, artists retaining their masters and more of their publishing and more of these things, which is things that people don't talk about. And artists are not very well educated on because let's be honest, Mm. a lot of artists don't actually go to school to be an artist. It's based off talent, not knowledge. And so, um, you know, these are things that you learn and by, by idolizing those women, you know, these are things that I've learned along the way. And these are the things that I advocate for and I fight for. And it can be quite difficult sometimes because, you know, other businesses and stuff will be like, Hey, wait a second. Like, why are you questioning? We're not used to getting questioned. Like, hold on a second. And, um, it's, it's really important again for, you know, to know that. And that's why I always say, follow T-Swift, follow <laughs> Beyonce, follow, you know, uh, Dolly Parton. Cause she's a huge one. I think it was, what was it? Elvis that wanted, you know, to buy all the rights to, I will always love you. And she was like, no. And then look, it ended up becoming, you know, one of the longest running singles of all time and has been one of her defining moments in her career as, as a songwriter. When you were doing choir, did you kind of find that passion where I could see this as a career choice or was it just a way to kind of still build off the the love for music that you had? Um, When I was in choir, I just thought it was fun and it was a great way to make friends and we got to sing fun songs and I got to use, I got to explore my talent. But I think, I mean, I started choir when I was in elementary school, like in third or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. So I was just doing it because I was good at it. Like I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. It wasn't until I, like I said, like I got to high school when I was like, oh no, like singing is what I want to do. But even then choir is very different than the pop world because it's a lot of jazz choirs or a lot of chamber choirs. So you're singing a completely different style of music than, you know, what I'm singing now. Did you have a favorite choir song that you sang? Um, oh my gosh, that's a really good question. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> like all the songs we used to do so many. Um, I do remember my first solo ever, which Ooh. was in uh, fourth grade. And it was the easiest solo ever. I don't <laughs> even know if you could really call it a solo, but it was a solo. And um, fourth graders typically didn't get solos. It was usually like the fifth graders that got the solo. So I was like really excited that I got the solo and it was just lion sleeps tonight. And all I did was go, we like, that's literally all I did. Yeah. Hey, you got to be in the spotlight. Hey, I did. I did. I got the solo mic and everything and I got to do it a couple of times, but um, yeah, that was kind of my first moment of, Hey, like, look at me. Did we always get that question? What was that dream job? And I kind of asked if music was that as you were doing choir and being in the music industry, did you have any other plans or any other ideas of which direction you wanted to go to? Or did you kind of were so focused on what you wanted to do and you were going to follow in any path to get there? I think when I was like in middle school, I was still really unsure. I was like, maybe I want to be a professional soccer player, or maybe I want to go to high school for a vol or college for volleyball. Or, um, at one point I even entertained the idea of like maybe going into the medical field and like being a nurse or something like that. But then I got to high school and, um, you know, music, I mean, by the time I got to my senior year, I think I had like four choir classes, um, by that time. And I didn't want to do anything else. I was 
legit the kid like in math class the teacher would be like hey Ashley Ashley Amber you need to you know work on this this and this and I'm just like uh yeah I don't need this class to be famous like <laughs> wait <laughs> why do I need to know math to be a singer I'm confused <laughs> so um I by the time I got to high school there's nothing else that I wanted to do and um I think that um yeah, like at that point I was like, you know, listening to Beyonce and wanting to be like, you know, the next Beyonce. And I even said back then, I was like, I'm going to be the Beyonce of country. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of where that all started. Did your family support the idea that you wanted to go into the music industry? Oh yeah. My family was very supportive. My mom in particular, um, honestly, I don't know how she did it, but there are so many times where I don't know. I guess it's still kind of a thing now, but people are a lot more educated on it. But remember those, those, um, those commercials that would be like, if your kid is talented, they can get on Disney and they can get on this and blah, blah, blah. And you would go to these talent agencies and they would audition you, but then you would have to pay like thousands of dollars to go to these like conferences and like get these headshots and nothing would ever really come of it. Um, she was that mom. Like my mom was the mom that, somehow figured how to pay that I was like mom they want me to go to Hollywood she's like all right let's go so she was always very supportive and I mean all of my shows and stuff she's come to my shows I think one show of mine she came 15 times I think one of my shows (laughs) yeah so she's very very supportive so after high school what was next for you um, after high school, um, I was signed to an independent label when I at 19. So that was basically just right after high school and I didn't go to college. I didn't apply to a single college. Um, college was not what I wanted to do. I wasn't the biggest fan of school. I got good grades, but, um, it's just not what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform. And, um, I, so I was signed to an independent label, but I was kind of doing music that I didn't want to. And I kind of took a step back. And I ended up, you know, walking away from that and just taking some time to figure some stuff out. And I met a really good friend while I was waiting tables. I waited tables for a long time, a decade of my life. I won't tell, say how old I am, but <laughs> it was, I started young. I started young. I was in high school when I started uh, being a server. And um, I, uh, you know, I was waiting tables and I was singing to some guests. I would sing them like happy birthday or something like that. And, uh, there was a new girl that had just started. She had just moved from Utah and she was a pianist and, um, um, like a music director and she had just moved here and she'd only, I think after we met, she'd only probably stayed at that job for maybe six months. Cause she was just building up her, you know, pianos, her clients, and then, you know, waiting to hear back from some jobs. So she wasn't there for very long, but she was like, Hey, I hear you sing. And I was like, yeah, you know, I do this. And she's like, why don't you come over for a jam session? And I was like, okay. And she, she played, I I brought some music over and she played and I sang, I am changing from dream girls. And she was like, holy crap, you can (laughs) sing. And I was like, thank you. And she's like, what are you doing? Like waiting tables. And I was like, I I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. Like people, people keep telling me I can't do this. So I just don't know anymore. And she started my journey in musical theater. And that's kind of where I feel like my real musical journey started because I was exposed to something in a completely different world that I had no idea that paid. 
Like, I didn't know you could make money to, you know, dress in costumes and, you know, do these shows in, in, in my local area of Denver. I, I didn't even know it was a possibility. But once I started that, it then kind of just led me to all these other amazing opportunities, which has, you know, led me to where I am right now and which is doing pop country, you know, um, in Nashville. And um, I'm just really excited for the journey. It's, it's kind of a, like I said, very crazy how I got back there. You talked about when you signed with that first independent label that it wasn't the direction that you wanted to go in. Was it hard doing something that you were maybe not wanting to do or did it kind of lose that passion in you and that's how you had to step away because you had to like regenerate that passion, that fire in the music industry that you loved? Yeah, it was... um... The thing is, is I'm a person, you know, I've always just been a person that loves to sing. Um, I think deep down in the core, most artists, we just love to sing and we love to perform and we love the opportunity to connect with people because the way I look at music and, and performance and is, you know, we offer an escape for our audiences, mm-hmm. like an escape from reality. So they could be having a bad day. They could have just lost a loved one like we have no clue what's going on in their lives so when they come to see us it's our job to entertain them and allow them to forget so at the end of the day that's all that's what I really wanted to do that's that's my craving um but when you're when you're kind of forced into a genre of music that isn't really right for you vocally um and also you're only really being put there because of how you look not because of like what you're actually passionate about there's only so long you can be like, okay. Cause yep. you know, being a star, I think most of us don't come into this wanting to be a star. We realize that that comes along with the job, right? Mm-hmm. Like we realize if, you know, we're going to be a famous singer, like obviously we're going to be a star, but we really come into it because we just want to sing and we just want to be able to share it with more than just five people. We want to share it with millions of people at a time, which then, you know, turns into a stardom and and turns into sometimes a lot of complications for artists, depending on how young they are or, you know, how well they can handle all of that pressure. And so I just got to a point where, yeah, like, even though I kind of had all this opportunity and potentially these promises, I just, it's just not what I wanted to do. And I never wanted to be that artist that like, quote unquote, sold out, which I don't like it when people say that because you can't say somebody who's mainstream has sold out. Like they just figured out a way to be successful mm-hmm. to the masses. Right. Um, but like, I, I didn't want to be that person that was only doing it just because of what it could lead to. Right. You talked about pop country when you're creating music, songwriting, what's inspiring you to write these lyrics or coming up with the creative aspect of your songs? Yeah, I just, I just write what I know. You know, um, I like a lot of my writing recently has a lot of pop culture references. Um, I just, and what I love about, you know, the country side of it is country is a very literal genre of music. Mm -hmm. So you can, you, you, you just talk about your day or talk about what you know. And, and that's what makes it so relatable. Sometimes in music, you have no clue what the artist is talking about. Like, I feel like most people probably don't know what the show must go on is about from, you know, um, from queen. Most people don't know what that song is about, but that's actually him talking about dying of, you know, of AIDS. And so when you really think about that, you're like, Oh, whoa, like this is, 
really deep. Whereas like country music, you're like, no, it's talking about a girl. Like, yep. you know, they're, they're at a party or, you know, he fell in love with her, you know, his high school sweetheart, you know, it's, it's very, it's very easy to, to understand and to relate to the lyrics. And so I just, I like to write from that perspective. I like to write about things that people, well, I feel majority of people can relate to because I'm just a regular person just like them, you know? Well, I love that you talked about the behind meeting of songs. And I think that to me, that's the interesting part. Like what made them get inspired to write these songs? And I, I use the example because I just saw the music video, but Carrie Underwood's Before He Cheats music video where Slash yeah. and Attire, like you can kind of understand what she's talking about in that song. Yeah. And yeah. the video does a great job at showing that. But so many people, and you just see in the comments that are like, oh, I've been in this situation. They can connect with her with those lyrics. Do you get yeah. that kind of reaction where people can connect to your lyrics or they kind of, it kind of reminds them of a certain thing that, that they went through? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I write very fun lyrics. I'm not an over, don't get me wrong. I do have some deeper songs, yep. some deeper meaning songs. It's just, I think as an artist, it's important to, um, you know, be strategic on how you release music and also like maybe what your competition is doing. Like if, if you have another artist that is a really strong message writer, another artist that's really strong, like, like sassy writer, you, you kind of want to find like your own niche in there. So I would say that, yeah, like my song, those nights, um, it's about, you know, having fun all night <laughs> with your loved one. <laughs> and I think any mature audience um, who's had, you know, been in a relationship where, where it's like super hot and heavy and, you know, um, you're just, you're, you're just engulfed in this, this new relationship. I think majority of people can relate to at least one experience of like, yeah, yeah we were doing shots till 2am <laughs> and that turned into some other stuff until like five, 6am. And then we, we chatted and we left. And then I think we fell bed, we fell asleep at like 8am, you know, like I, I think a lot of people could relate to that particular topic. So I was able to watch one of your music video, your most recent single run in and just the, the visuals is just stunning. And you talked about earlier about you just enjoy singing and just watching that video. I can tell that you enjoy singing. Talk about creating that music video and creating that song. What, and what was the meaning behind it and what was it all about? Yeah. So, um, that song was about a relationship that I had in Colorado. Um, we dated for a really long time (laughs) (laughs) and, um, I also, my background, um, you know, I've been to 72 countries, um, performing. And so I've spent a lot of time on red eye flights and a lot of time away and a lot of time being like, okay, I've been gone for two months, but I'm coming home for 24 hours just to see you. Um, and then I'm heading back out on the road again. And so that's kind of what that song was inspired by. It was inspired by this incredible relationship. And even though we're not together anymore, we still wish each other well, well, it's just, you know, I'm off doing my thing. And, and, you know, he wanted to stay in Colorado to do his thing. And, you know, you just have to respect that. And, um, the music video, I just wanted it to be quirky. I feel like, you know, the, the, with a few music videos that I have right now, they, they kind of show a different side of my personality. And I think because of my look and because of my Instagram, people can often come to conclusions of what my personality might be like. 
and don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, I can be sassy. I can be, you know, um, you know, I can, I can be very business and, you know, like get right to the point, like when I need to, but I'm also very like quirky and just very fun and just relaxed. And I just wanted to show my fun side. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I'm a huge, huge action movie fan. And um, I just kind of wanted to geek out and like feel like a superhero. So I was, just I was like, about to say, the, yeah. act, the superhero <laughs> part I could tell because there, I think one part of it, you're like, it looked like you're jumping off the airplane and you're just like flying in the air. And I'm like, oh, that had to be so much fun to do during like taping of it. Yeah, we did that whole thing on green screen. Like none of it was done on anything but a green screen. The entire video was done on green screen, except for like some of those close up shots. But um, like, yeah, I, I literally got to like hang around in the air, like on a harness, <laughs> which actually is not that fun. It's not that comfortable. I have a whole new respect for Scarlett Johansson and um, all of the people in, in the Avengers for all of those harnesses that they wear and they fly. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, but so much fun. And it's really cool to see how it all comes together um, in the end. It's really fun. Do you play a big role behind the scenes when creating like that video? Like, are you working with the director, producers, all those people to make sure that your concept and vision come out when the music video comes out? So when people see it, they're kind of knowing what you are wanting to create there. Yeah, absolutely. I play a huge part in everything. There's not a single thing that goes out that I haven't like been like, this is what I want. Um, I'm, I'm very much a very, very hands-on artist. And sometimes that can be hard because, you know, you, it's really hard to juggle so many things Mm -hmm. and, um, you kind of want to let things go, but I've, I've learned that, you know, it's better to just be like, Hey, like, this is what I've envisioned. This is what I want. Because at the end of the day, I'm the one that really has to live with it because it's, yep. it's, you know, my, it's my face on the screen or, you know, it's my photo that's being posted or it's, it's my voice that's being put out on record. So I've learned and I've made some mistakes along the way, but I've definitely learned the more and more I've, I've, you know, more and more I've become successful, you know, in, in this, this new side of, of things of my career to just be like, Hey, this is what I want. So I tell them, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm thinking this is what I want. And I, these are the, like my ideal shots, like that I think would be really cool. And then beyond that, like take her away. (laughs) So I'll be very specific with the things I want and then I'll let them like go do their thing. And, you know, and then even the editing process, like I'll let them edit it and then they'll send me like a rough and I'll be like, okay, this is great, but can we switch out this shot for this shot? Or did we get another version of this shot? Because I really like the shot, but my arm looks weird or this looks funny or my, my hair clip fell out. So my mohawk is kind of messed up. So, um, so yeah, I do play a lot of that, but, um, but yeah, so I, I would say it's pretty collaborative, but definitely me being like, Hey, this is what I see for this. Yeah. Are you always working on that next song or do you do it in like sessions where you work on maybe a few songs, take a break to regenerate energy. And then you, start the next group of songs or how does that look for you? I would say it's, it's that second one. I would say I probably do like a group of songs and then I'll kind of step away and then like, I'll come back and then I'll work on, you know, a group of songs again. I think, I think every situation is different and every 
time you work with a different producer, it's different. And I think it depends on the project. Like if I'm just wanting to release a Christmas single, I'm only focusing on that one song Mm -hmm. because I'm not ready to release, you know, an entire EP or, you know, whatever. I just want to focus on that one song. Um, But if I, if I'm focusing on an entire EP, like it's a collective body of work. So we're focusing on, you know, five, six songs out of maybe like 10 or 15, you know, that we really, really like, and we're narrowing it down to like, okay, these are the five best songs that we have. So you know, let's, let's focus on these and then go from there. So I think it depends. It depends on the project. When you mean the EP, it's not like an album or an album or it's yeah. like just like singles in a way, but a small amount. Yeah. So like an EP is just, it's just a short, it's like a half album, you know, you can call it, you can call it that. And, um, a lot of times um, now new artists are doing EPs instead of full length albums because full length albums are very expensive. And also streaming has changed the game. So you can't just release an album once a year and be like, yeah, my streams are going to be awesome. Um, nobody cares anymore. People want new singles like every two months, like every eight, you know, eight to 12 weeks, they want a new song. And so you have to keep your audience engaged. So that's why EPs are a little easier because you can still present a body of work and then you can, you know, release a song and then release a second song release the EP. And then you still get a little bit of life after that. Um, you know, to, to present like, Hey, this is who I am. This is where I was at in this point in my life to present this body of work to you. Yeah. When I was learning more about you, you love talking about country Vogue. What yes. does that mean to you? Um, I've country Vogue is, is very much a lifestyle. Um, and I definitely wasn't, I didn't create country Vogue. I just kind of put a name to it. <laughs> I think, um, the pioneer of country Vogue would be Shania Twain. Um, I'm a huge Shania Twain fan and I feel like we have a lot of similarities, you know, when Shania hit the sweet scene, she's, she's pop country, you know, Shania. And, um, she got a lot of backlash for that. She got a lot of backlash because her audiences um, were beyond just the typical country music audience. They were people that listened to, you know, In Vogue and, you know, Eminem and, mm-hmm. you know, NSYNC and Britney Spears. Like they were an audience that listened to everything. Um, and it was artists like, you know, Shania Twain, which is why I fell in love with country music is because, you know, back in the day, country music, you know, like when you're in school, it's like everybody listens to like hip hop or like what's on that because this is cool. Um, but you know, artists like her made it really cool. And then you fall in love with her and it's kind of like a gateway. It's like a gateway to discovering other music and other artists in the genre. And, um, so she just came in with her, you know, her, her pop lyrics and her, you know, pop, you know, um, arrangements. And she also came up with, came in with this really edgy image. She was wearing thigh high boots. She was showing some legs. She was showing some midriff. Like (laughs) she was objectifying men in music videos and not, you know, where men are constantly objectifying women. She was like, whatever, I'm going to surround myself with a bunch of guys and I'm going to objectify them. And so, um, she kind of, you know, she was the pioneer of it. And so that's kind of, that, that's not kind of, that's how I see myself. I'm, I'm definitely edgy. I'm not, you know, the typical, you know, the country artist look, I'm, I'm definitely not 
very conservative when it comes to my dress and when it comes to like my social media and stuff like that. Um, I try not to be provocative or, or distasteful, but I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my body. I'm proud of my curves. And I think it's important that we are able to celebrate that in a, in a tasteful way. And so, um, so yeah, so country Vogue is just about fashion and being sassy and fabulous and being unapologetically yourself. So with working with country Vogue or going into that lifestyle, do you think it helps your fan base understand the real, who you are and understand your brand and the kind of the meaning behind it? Absolutely. Um, when I released my first single into Nashville, I was, I was getting some pushback. And, um, and, and the pushback was, we're not traditional country. And, and that sometimes still people say that. And I'm like, I know, like, (laughs) clearly, like, clearly I'm not traditional country. Like, regardless of what my music sounds like, if you just go based off a visual, I'm not your typical country artist. And so I was like, why do people keep saying this? Like, why, why can't they understand that? Yeah, I'm not. And so I was like, well, you're right you are hundred percent right. I am not traditional country. I'm country Vogue. I'm, I am my own. I am my own unique thing and I'm going to stick to that lane and I'm not going to conform to, to what you think, um, you know, country music should be. And I'm also bringing a different element. I'm bringing a pop element. I bring in some R and B. Some of the new music that we got going on is bringing in a ton of swag, like what the guys get to do, like what Nico Moon gets to do. And you know what Sam Hunt gets to do and Kane Brown. Like, I'm like, why do the guys get to have all the fun? Like, <laughs> this isn't fair. The ladies need to have fun too. So, um, so yeah, so um, I'm definitely very passionate about it. I love that you mentioned being unique and not letting other people's viewpoint deteriorate from what you want to do, because I think there's so much of that going on, especially with the social media age where people's comments change how someone might feel or act or what they do online. And I kind of do the same thing. I might, I'm doing my way or the way I want to do things my own way. I'm not going to let someone tell me how I should run my show. It's what I want to do. And I love that you stand behind everything that you do because it makes your fans and people like me become a fan of you because of what you do every day with your image and your lifestyle. So it's amazing because you're going to inspire so many people with how you live your life and not let these people stop you from living your dream. Uh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> that's very <laughs> sweet of you. And um, that's all I want to do. I think, um, you know, I grew up with people loving to tell me what I can and can't do. And even still to this day, like you said, social media, I actually just wrote a song about this that um, I'm pretty sure we're going to cut and put on the on my debut EP. Um, but I, we, we wrote a line, me and my co-writer, that's... Um, uh, uh, why can't I, I can't even think of it. I'm drawing a blank now. <laughs> um, they're basically their words that the words that they're using to define me, make it hard to find me. And I think on social media, just like you said, because there are so many comments and so many people have an opinion about who you are and what you do, it can be hard to know who you are because you can be like, Oh, am I, am I this way? Like, mm-hmm. yep. Oh, everybody keeps saying this or am I doing this? Is this too provocative? Is this this way? And it can be really hard to, to, to be like, no, 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 no. This is, this is me. And, um, I just think it's important that more artists advocate for that and advocate for themselves and, and not let, you know, these, these big 
you know, gatekeepers, um, you know, tell them what they can and can't do when they're not the one, they're not the ones in the trenches, you know, we're the ones in the trenches and we know how people respond to us. And that's what the most important thing is. Talk about being featured in big publications like Forbes, CMT and all that. How, when you found out that this was happening, what was going through your mind? And do you feel that you're on that right track in what you're creating? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a little surreal. Like <laughs> even seeing the blue check mark next to my name, like I'm like, is that real? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, because again, there's just this idea of, um, you know, the, the industry and, and success and all of these things. And you, and you see, you know, the Kane Browns and the Gabby Barrett's and, you know, the, uh, Tenille arts and all these people being featured in these publications. And here I am like, Hey guys, what's going on? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's, it's just crazy. And and sometimes it's, it's, sometimes it's not even the big publications that are crazy. Sometimes it's a, it's a smaller and it's actually not a small publication. It's very big in, in Nashville and in country music. But when taste of country named those nights, best baby making song, I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, thank you. Best baby making song. Like, all right. <laughs> but I was also on the same list as, you know, Carly Pierce and as, um, you know, Willie Jones and these other incredible, all these artists that are affiliated with major labels or, or big, you know, independent labels. And, you know, here I am like this hundred percent independent artist being like, Hey guys, best baby making song over here. Hey. <laughs> And it's moments like that, that are really surreal because I'm like, yo, people are seeing me like the industry is seeing me because they put me on the same list as these people. And, um, I think, I think that's, what's so exciting. And I just, you know, I just can't wait to keep, you know, breaking more boundaries and, you know, just shatter that, you know, that glass ceiling. Imagine putting that on your resume. Oh, I was voted best baby making song ever. (laughs) (laughs) I say that. I say that all the time. I'll be like, hey guys, so this next time I'm going to share with you guys, it was just voted best baby making song. So I hope y'all go home and make some babies after this. (laughs) I just make it a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel that, do you ever see yourself on like a big stage or do you have that dream stage that you hope to perform on one day? I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. I think, <laughs> I think it's hard to say because of course I can't wait to make my debut at the Ryman or, you know, at, you know, um, at the Opry or, you know, get to perform, you know, at Madison Square Garden yep. and, and the Grammys and, you know, the CMA awards and the ACM awards. I mean, there's so many things. I even have dreams of, you know, going back home and getting to play, an arena show in my hometown, like how cool would it get to be if I'm at like the Pepsi center, you know, um, in Colorado, like, come on, (laughs) even, even, even Red Rocks, you know, in, in Colorado or any, any one of those venues, I feel like it's just an honor to play. And when thousands of people are coming out to see you, honestly, it doesn't matter where it is. I'm just happy that I just get to have that opportunity. And this is what, this is what I get to call life. Um, for me, it's, it's pretty surreal. Is there anything that you would change on your journey to get to where you are that you would have done differently? Or do you feel that every step you've taken has gotten you to where you are and you've learned so much about yourself throughout that journey? Um, definitely everything I've ever gone through has been for a reason. And you know, that's hard because 
I'm, I'm a little bit older. Um, I'm not old by any means, but, um, (laughs) you know, some of the other artists that like, I'm, I guess you can say we're competing, even though, again, I hate that term because there's so much room for all of us um, to be successful. But, you know, I'm like, man, I was like, these girls are like 22 and 23. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) but at the same time, when I was 22 or 23, I wasn't ready for what I'm stepping into right now. And I, again, I think everything happens for a reason and I had to experience these things. And uh, again, I've, I've gotten to travel 72 countries. I've been headlining in front of hundreds of thousands of people every year. Um, you know, for the past few years, I headline my own show. I work with incredible musicians. Um, you know, I know what to ask for, for sound. I know how to work a crowd and crowds that are extremely difficult to work. Like, I'm like, this crowd did not pay to see me. Like, I don't even know if they want to be here, but I'm going to make them want to be here. And that's a hard thing to do because when you have a, a crowd that's paying to see you, you can basically like burp the ABCs on key and they'll be like, oh my gosh, we love you so much. Um, and so I've, I've gotten to learn, um, those really valuable, um, skills and I, I've had to do shows where I've had tonsillitis and I, I can barely talk, but I still have to get through it. And I've done those shows where I've lost my voice in the middle of a show. And I'm like, how do I modify on the fly? Um, and you know, and not, I don't have auto tune. Like I don't have pre-recorded tracks. Like I just have to figure it out. And it, it forces you be, to become not, it's not even about the music at that point. Cause right. Like once you get to a certain point, you're like, okay, guys, we get it. We all can sing, but you, you really have to learn how to become an entertainer at that point and how to not just rely on your voice because sometimes your voice might not show up and you have to rely on your people skills and how you talk to the crowd and how you work the crowd and your showmanship. And those are a lot of the things that if I were 23 and just kind of jumped in I wouldn't have been like, I, I wouldn't know, but I know them now. And because times have changed and conversations have changed and recent movements have sparked back up. Um, back then when I was 23, I, I probably wouldn't have the, this opportunity that I have now because Nashville wasn't ready for it. Then they're still not even really ready for it now, but they just kind of have no choice <laughs> because we're just like, we're here and we have infiltrated. And I'm like, y'all can't get rid of us now. Like we're, <laughs> we're here. And so again, like, like you said, every, everything happens for a reason. And I know I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. What would you say to someone that's up and coming and wants to get into the music industry to kind of follow their dreams to get to where they are t- wanting to go? I would say, I always wonder, do I go fun with this or do I go like serious with this? (laughs) Um, It depends on the person listening. (laughs) Right. I would say that um, like on on the serious side of things, make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who truly care about your best interest. Um, This industry can be very selfish and it can really bring out... um, a really dark side of people that they're quite good at hiding, mm-hmm. but um, you know, maybe in a contract or something, you're like, wait a second, you said this, but like this totally says this, like, how is that? Okay. Um, and so I would say just be smart and who you're surrounding yourself with and who you're letting, you know, get a piece of your pie, as I would say. And I would definitely say never sign anything without an attorney. And, you know, I think all young artists, we make those mistakes. So it's good to learn from them. But once you've learned that, don't do it again. Just like figure out how to 
you know, pay for an attorney and budget that into your artist budget because it's extremely important. And then on the fun side, I would just say that it's just fun. Like, (laughs) you know, music is, music is fun. Like we, like I said earlier, we get to offer an escape. So the more fun we have on stage, the more fun we have doing what we're doing. Um, and the more we show that to our fans and our audience, the more fun they're going to have listening to our music and coming to our shows and just feel like they're being a part of our, you know, crazy, our crazy lives. But I would just say, have fun and to just always lead with love, work hard and, there's really nothing you can't achieve. If you're talented and you work hard and you're, you're coming from the right place, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, not if. I love each aspect of that because it fits just the, not just the music industry, but in any industry that you're in, all those tools people can utilize because, and I think a lot of people don't get that is, well, that's only just for music, but you can still take the same concept and utilize it in the business world because like you said, the contracts, because we all are signing contracts. It's a house. It could be for an employment. It could be for a car, anything. And you have to, you have to make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. Having the facts is important. And I'm very much a facts girl. And I, I don't like being misled. I don't like it when, you know, you sign a contract and then you find out that like, wait a second again, this is complete opposite of what I expected. And I'm thankful for those experiences though, because if I didn't have those experiences, I wouldn't be able to speak on it. Um, but at the same time, like, I just hope that we get to a point in the industry, especially the music industry where artists stop getting taken advantage of that. They are educated enough coming in out of the gate to know like, no, I'm not going to sign this or no, you're not entitled to that. You're not entitled to this. Like, this is what you're entitled to. And I'm super happy to give you this, but beyond this, like if I keep giving you guys all my money, like I'm going (laughs) to be like TLC and have the most successful group album, you know, of that time and only walk away with $60,000 a piece. Like that's not okay. So. so what does the future look like for you? What are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years, personally and professionally? Well, um, oh gosh, these questions, <laughs> there's just so many things. Um, personally, um, you know, I'm going to be moving to Nashville. I'm very excited. <laughs> um, I just got under contract for a house there. So um, I'm in the process of selling my home in Las Vegas and um, moving to um, Nashville. So I'm definitely excited for that. That was definitely a big goal that I had. And coming off of COVID, that was not an easy task since artists, we make majority of our income from performing. Um, And we're only just now getting back to it. So I'm very, very thankful for that. And, you know, I'm going to be releasing my first EP, my debut EP. Um, I have a whole new, um, sound that's coming up. It's still me, but it's the sound that's kind of been in my head for the past two years and just been waiting for the right producer to help bring it alive. And, um, yeah, you're going to be seeing me, you know, at some of the award shows, you're going to be seeing me at, you know, some of these festivals. I mean, we have a really big calendar plan next year and a massive rollout of really awesome stuff. And, um, I have a fashion line that I've been working on, um, uh, a boot line that I have written a bunch of ideas down as well. So lots of really, really big things in my future on that side. And then personally, who knows, maybe I'll get engaged or, you know, get married in the next couple of years. And, um, 
really a, a lot of it. I just want to be able to take care of my family and set my family up for success too. And just be a good role model for my niece and my two nephews and, um, you know, show them that like, Hey, you can do anything you want. And if you put your mind to it and it's never, ever too late to follow your dreams. So that those are my big, big things on the docket. <laughs> The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Um, never quit. Um, and try to look at things from a different perspective. Sometimes if it's not working one way, that doesn't mean you have to quit. It just means that maybe you just need a different approach or you just need a fresh set of eyes. Never be too afraid to ask for help. Um, people are here and they're put into our lives for a reason. And um, you have to absorb and, and kind of be like a sponge. Um, the more you are like a sponge, the more you absorb the good things from people um, and then use that to your benefit. I think that's really, really important. And um, and also if anybody says something to you, like they're trying to bring you down or like rain on your parade, just tell them to fuck off. Like <laughs> that's I knew probably the some of the best advice. <laughs> I knew the direction you were going it. with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause people will always have something to say. People will always think that maybe they're better than you or you don't deserve something that you have. But at the end of the day, if people aren't talking about you, if people aren't trying to put you down, then you're probably not doing something right. So my guess is if you're that person that everybody's kind of hating on because you got some stuff going, some good things going in, good things going on in your life, you're doing the right things. And so keep doing that and just they can fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ashley, we want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future has for you. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. It has been such a pleasure and I hope you have an amazing night and thank you again for letting me share my story. Before you go, tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode and video format. What path will you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.